Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of Kusada Baptist Church. We want to be a lighthouse to guide you on your journey through life. Listen as our pastor, Dr. Jim Graham, shares a message from God's Word and offers sound biblical direction for your daily life. We're starting a new series today. I, I love the book of Jeremiah. When I was in seminary many, many, many years ago, they had these classes, these, you know, extra classes you could take, and they, they would be on a book of the Bible. And they would literally just get like an Old Testament professor and a preaching professor, and they would just dig into for a whole semester one book of the Bible. So you can imagine how in-depth it would be and how awesome. I loved those classes. And the very first one I ever got to take was on the book of Jeremiah. So I got like big, thick notebooks down in my office on Jeremiah from that many years ago and, uh, um, and everything. Because, uh, you know, back then you had to take notes on a piece of paper with a pen anyway uh anyway it was uh it was an awesome class so i love the book of jeremiah and and it you know you when you read something like that you've got to wonder is it when you study that is it just a history lesson where i find out what some prophet from years ago told a group of people from year years ago and i'm gonna say no 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 it's there for us for a reason there are lessons for us for today and that's what we're going to examine over the next few weeks what is it about how God used Jeremiah and what was going on in his life with, with, the, um, with the task he had that applies to us. So let's talk a little bit about the task he had. You see it right in Jeremiah chapter 1 in verses 9 and 10. It says, the, he said, The Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, Look, I have put my words in your mouth and today... I appoint you to stand up against nations and kingdoms. Some you must uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow. Others you must build up and plant. Now, that sounds like quite the task. Thankfully, there's probably not anyone, I'll hold out the possibility there could be someone, there's probably not anyone whose assignment, whose appointment, will be to stand up in front of nations and kingdoms. Thank goodness, right? But I think every one of us gets appointments. And I think some of those appointments are difficult, like Jeremiah's, because some of the message that God puts in our mouth for someone else might be something that's to uproot, to tear down, to, to change, right? And those are, negative, those are negative messages and those are difficult to deliver. And some are encouraging to build up, to plant, to start something new. But without a doubt, there are messages that God puts in our mouth for other people. That's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about speaking up. Speaking up. Now, speaking up is difficult. It's intimidating. Some of you don't like to do it all, at all. Some of you are like me, though. You could talk to anybody. But even if you're someone who can just talk to anybody, the thing is, there are certain conversations that are difficult regardless of how much you like or dislike talking. Okay? And we have to make choices with other people. And we make them every day. We make choices about what we will talk about. And we take risks. Because if we bring up certain subjects, we can make someone want to avoid us. Right? We can talk about certain things and make someone want to avoid us. Or 
we talk about certain things that keep peace and make someone want to be around us. And we make those choices all the time, right? Now, some people, there's a category of people that alienate people on purpose. They do, on purpose. They don't want to deal with them. They don't want to fool with them. And so they can say things intentionally that cause people to, I don't want to talk to that person. You know how it is. You're in the grocery store. You turn the corner on aisle four. You see that person. You quickly go to aisle five. You'll circle back to aisle four because you just don't want to talk to that person today. And it was a blessing that they had their back turned and they were getting some cream of mushroom soup off the aisle and you just got to, you know, get on around. You might even go to aisle seven or eight just hoping that you avoid. You all know that. We've all had that. Because there are people that will intentionally bring up subjects and stuff and they'll talk a certain way that makes you want to avoid them. And maybe they're doing it on purpose. Or maybe it's not even that they're doing that part on purpose. Maybe they're just letting you know if you want to talk about a subject, you better get in line with what I believe and what I say or we're not talking about it. You know, it's going to be rough for you unless you agree with me. And those are difficult people. Now, unfortunately, I hope you're not that person, but there are other people in your life and you know them that are those people, and there's probably someone in your family that's like that, right? They're just very, right. Now, there are some people who alienate people not on purpose. They're not trying to. They don't mean to, but they just don't have it together. They don't have it together. And they bring chaos with them. They bring drama with them. They don't react to things well. They don't handle things well. And I do not like being around those people, and most of you don't either. The problem is that those people, sometimes they don't even realize that's who they are. They think the chaos and the drama that's in their life is caused by other people and not them. But you know, if you see them on aisle four, you are definitely going to aisle five. You don't want to deal with it. Now, for both of those categories of people, there is a message that I could preach to you, but that's not the message today, okay? If you're bringing chaos and drama, or you're selfish and demanding, or whatever it is about you, that's a different message, okay? There's some things that, you know, you need to change in your life. If, if you're intentionally pushing people away, that's a different message too. I want to talk to the rest of you. I want to talk to those of you that you're not alienating people on purpose. You're not even alienating people, you know, most of the time by accident. You're just a normal person. And so what you do is you just keep things light. You just keep things light. In conversations, 90% of the time, you don't want to offend, you don't want to cause problems, you don't want to have an issue, so we just keep things light. We talk about weather, sports, work, family, family light, not family deep, because there's drama in all of our families. We don't bring that up in a casual conversation. We talk about trips, we talk about food, we talk about something that happened in the you know, news, 
but we keep things light, safe, safe conversations. And we live in the deep south. You can have those conversations all the time. You can walk up to somebody on aisle four in the grocery store and you can have a conversation with someone you don't even know. You can walk up and they have a brand of vanilla wafers with flavor that you've never seen before. You comment on it. Y'all begin to talk about the vanilla wafers before you know it. You're trying to make a connection with them. Do you know the same people? Anybody the same? And uh, when you leave, you know basically where they live, how many kids they have, what they do for a living. You know, you just know a lot about them in the last movie they watched and where they went to eat at a restaurant last night. Y'all know that about each other. However, you do not know, and they certainly don't know, what medication you're on to help with that conversation. They don't know your family drama. They don't know which political spectrum you're in. There's just things that you keep off limits because you don't want you want them to like you. You want them to think you're great. You want whoever you have in common with. And you know if you met them somewhere here in Millbrook or Prattville that you have somebody in common. That to them to say good things about you. You don't want a negative thing. And so you avoid those conversations. What are those things? Well, there are dark things. There are heartaches and painful things. We don't talk about those things. We just don't. If you run into somebody and they're always talking about painful things, whether it's a tragedy or a loss or whether it's physical pain or whatever, there's a certain point where you're just like, if you see somebody and go like, how are you doing? And they don't say fine. They say, well, I got to tell you, I'm hurting today. You know, like you end up, you go to all five. Dark things. Political things. Very divisive. Moral things can be very divisive. Religious things, right? There are certain topics we just stay away from. That's okay. That's normal social behavior. Now, I will tell you there's another group of people. They're not very bright. Sorry, hope it doesn't include you. But they actually venture into those political, moral, whatever things because they think that almost everybody agrees with them, so they just spout it out because they think you're going to say, Amen, brother. And what you do is you say, Amen, brother, and you never go down aisle four again. So we just stay away from those topics. Now, there's a topic that God says I want you to talk about and it's Jesus and the problem is that you would think you know the reason we avoid talking about Jesus is because it's it can be a difficult topic see because Jesus says I love you I care about you I love you just the way you are but the reason that I died for you is because you need me you need my forgiveness. You need my forgiveness because you got issues. You got problems. You have sin. And, and 
What I want for you to do is I love you just the way you are, but as we always say, I love you enough not to leave you that way. I want to transform your life. I want, I want you to follow me, and therefore there's changes coming if you follow me. And so I, I want to take you on a new journey, and that requires you to submit to me as Lord, and that's changes in your life, and that's difficult. And so a lot of people run from Jesus. They don't want to deal with Jesus. And that seems foreign to someone who loves Jesus and follows Jesus and appreciates the changes in my life even though sometimes they're very difficult you know he goes change this and you go oh right but if you're not all in and trusting jesus that uh, turns to running from him but i began to consider i want you to think about this let's say somebody sees me on aisle four and they run to aisle five well, I certainly don't want that to be about politics, and I don't want it to be about drama, and I don't want it to be about selfishness, and I don't want it to be about a whole myriad of issues. But I began to think, if they're running to aisle five because they just don't want to hear any more about Jesus, I think that's probably a good thing. And the truth is, I'll make a bold statement. I bet you, that there's no one in this room that people are running from you because they're just sick and tired of hearing about Jesus. And if they're avoiding you on all four, that should be the reason. That should be the reason. Not any of the others. And that's the challenge to this. That the Lord is coming. Come on, guys. Just come on. I love it. It's, it's all right. It's great. They're boys. We love boys. I had three of them. We're having one of the things that's not done yet on the bridge going across to our... We're calling our new area the bridge. And the bridge is about connecting young hearts to Christ. Well, there's a literal, literal bridge that you go across to go upstairs, and there's a rail there, and there's a drop-off. So we're making the rail... We're closing it in. And one of the guys who grew up here, he's, he's at least my age, and he grew up here, and he goes, what are y'all going to do about that? I said, oh, we're closing that up like a jail. And he goes, and he said, that's a good thing, because when I was that high, we would crawl over the rail and go around the post to crawl back over the rail. And I said, of course you did, because that's what nine-year-old boys do, and that's why we're closing them up, so... So here we are, and let's consider that Jer Jeremiah was giving, given this call by the Lord to speak on his behalf. He said, I've put words in your mouth. I think God has put a word in your mouth. I want to talk to you about that. I want to first talk to you about the why. Five things. If you're filling the blank person, get ready, okay? First of all, I want you to do it because he planned for you to do it. He planned it. In Jeremiah chapter 1, in verses 4 and 5, we're just in Jeremiah chapter 1 today, verses 4 and 5, the Lord gave me this message, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Now, I don't know how long that is for some of y'all, but for me, that's a long time. That's 58 years ago when I was in my mother's womb. He says, before I was in my mother's womb, he knew me. Listen, you understand what that means. He knows you. He knows you. He knows your personality. He knows how much you like or don't like to talk. He knows if you like to talk 
and you can talk to anybody. I know you can talk to anybody, right? And Or if you don't want to talk to anybody and, and the whole you know, 2020 thing was a blessing to you. You're like, thank God, we're locked in our house. I can't talk to anybody, right? I don't know who you are, but he knows who you are, and he made you, and if he gives a message to you in your mouth, it is a message that is perfect for you to share. It's perfect for you to share, okay? He puts a message in your mouth. He planned this, and he prepared you to do it. Let's look at verse 5. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. He says, I've, I've made you holy. I've got a job for you. I've set you apart. Listen, I knew the stuff that's going on right now today, I've known about since back then. 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 20 years ago, however long it's been, before you were ever born, Everything that's going on right now, I already knew about it. And you're prepared. I prepared you. I set you apart for the conversation that's on all four in the grocery store. I set you apart for that conversation. In fact, I have made an appointment for you for that conversation. That's what he says in verse 5. I want you to do it because he appoints you to do it. It's an appointment. Do you ever make appointments? You do. You make appointments with a doctor, don't you? You make appointments with a doctor or a dentist or you make appointment to get your car fixed or whatever. You make appointments. So normally when you make an appointment, you're making an appointment because you need to see somebody about something that's important. So you make an appointment. It's at this time on this day, right? Well, God's saying, I've appointed you. I make appointments for you. Now, the weird thing is, when we think about that, we always think about us being the person going to see the doctor, right? I, I'm, I had one of these appointments this week, and it was in the grocery store, all right? And it was definitely what this person called it. This person said... This is a God thing. Have you ever used those terms? This is a God thing. So, I needed to stop and get some snacks for a children's teacher's meeting. Good news. Good news. If you are a teacher in our children's department, we're having a meeting tonight at 6. There are snacks. Just want to let you know that. There are snacks. Okay? Um... Um, so I stopped to get snacks. It worked out perfectly. I was just on my way from point A to point B, and in between was the store. It's not a store I stop at all the time or ever hardly, and I went in that store, and as I got the stuff and I went up to the, it wasn't on aisle four, it was at the cashier's place, and I started to get in one line, and I looked over at another line, and I thought I saw somebody I knew, so I zoomed over and got behind them and said, hey, and we started a conversation, and they said, this is a God thing. I need to talk to you. We checked out, pulled our buggies off to the side, and spent 30 minutes talking in the grocery store. It's an appointment. God made the appointment. 
What you need to know is, I know what they were saying, they needed the appointment, but sometimes what you need to understand is you're the doctor. I know you don't think of yourself that way, but you're the doctor. God makes appointments for people, and He wants them to see you. There's something very special that you know, that you've experienced, that you've learned. In fact, if the only special thing you know or whatever is that you know Jesus, that's good enough. He wants that person to hear what you've got to say. So he makes an appointment and he goes here. And he's saying, will you speak up? Now I know what you say. We make excuses because it's scary, right? To talk about Jesus. Jeremiah made an excuse. Let's keep going. Verse 6, O sovereign Lord, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. And I want you to hear what God says. The Lord replied, Don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. You talk about a rejection of an excuse. He threw it down, didn't he? I can't do it. Yes, you can. Don't say that. Don't ever say that again. You go where I send you. You say what I tell you to say. Uh, Yes, sir. Right? God doesn't accept our excuses. He makes an appointment. He knows who you are. He's known who you are since before you were born. Whoever he's sending to meet with you, he's known them since before they were born. He knows everything about them and everything that's going on, and he's making an appointment. You say, what if I don't know what to do? Newsflash. There are times... When you have made an appointment with a professional person, like a doctor, and you've gone, and they don't know what to do with you, because you're weird. They look and say, like, I don't know if I've seen this disease before. (laughs) Right? I don't know what to do about this. What in the world are we doing with this right here? So what does a doctor do? Well, if they're a good doctor, they'll do one of three things. Number one, they look it up. They research it. I'm going to have to look some stuff up, and I'll get back to you. Let me see if I can find out something. Let me look in some manuals, right? Number two, they consult other doctors. They call them. Have you ever heard of anything like this? Have you ever seen anything like this? Do you have any input? Number three, they send you to a specialist. You go see somebody else who knows a little more than I do. Listen, don't worry when you're the doctor and God's made an appointment for you. He made it with you for a reason. And it might not be because you have the answer. It might be because you know somebody who has the answer and they don't know them. You will either do the research yourself, you will consult with someone else to find the the information yourself, or you will send them to someone you know has the information. But God does it. And do it because he will give you the words to say. He will tell you what to say. Let's go back to verse 9. The Lord reached out, touched my mouth, and said, Look, I've put my words in your mouth. I will tell you what to say. I know what I'm doing, God says. The question is, are you willing to risk 
that you will take the appointment and you will say the name Jesus. And I understand that for some it might tear down and for some it will build up because that is not a light subject. But are you willing that if somebody avoids you on all four, it's because they just don't want to hear any more about Jesus? So let's talk about the how. Five other things, okay? Here's the how. We'll go quickly on these. Verse 17, get ready. Get ready. This is what he says in verse 17. Jeremiah, get yourself ready. Y'all ever said that to anybody? <laughs> I said it all the time. I had kids, get, get ready. We we're about to leave. Get ready. Get ready. What does that mean? Well, if I tell you this, I'll tell you, okay? This week, you will have an appointment. If you are willing and you will open up your eyes and your heart, and your ears, God will make an appointment for you. An appointment where you're not the patient, an appointment where you're the doctor. Because someone he knows and loves needs to hear about Jesus. And needs to hear something that you know about Jesus. Not something I know. Guess what? If, if there's something that I know, he'll make the appointment with me. He'll, he'll have them run into me at Publix, okay? But if it's not, if it's you, it's you for a reason. Get ready. Practice. Be prepared. Learn. Be awake. Be ready for the appointment. Number two, stand up and speak up. Speak up. Verse 17, get yourself ready Stand up and say to them whatever I command you. Speak up. We've all been there. You've been in the situation. You're standing there. They say something. And you, you know in your mind and your heart what, you, what you're supposed to say. And you bail out because you're chicken. You know, you don't want to ruffle feathers. You don't want to cause a problem. And God is saying, no, speak up the words I put in your mouth. Say it. Tell them about Jesus. Thirdly, he says, don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of them. Verse 17, don't be afraid of them, or I will terrify you before them. Today I have made you a fortified city, an iron pillar, and a bronze wall to stand against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. He will protect you. Don't be afraid of them. Don't worry about them. Don't be afraid of them. I'm sending you. I'm making an appointment. Don't be scared. In fact, though, he does say be afraid. He does say be afraid. I need to explain this and look back at verse 17. Do not be terrified by them or I will terrify you before them. God has put in our hearts a, a healthy fear, if you will. So I used to have this for my dad. I wasn't scared of my dad, but I was afraid of making him angry or disappointed. I had a coach. wasn't afraid of this coach in high school, but I was afraid of disappointing him or making him upset with me. I wanted to please them, right? So God is a God who's like, look, I'm, I'll tell you straight up. I have a healthy fear of God. I don't want to disappoint him. I don't want to make him angry. I believe in God. And I believe God is powerful. And I believe he has 
a righteous path. And I believe I should follow that path. And so he says, don't be afraid of them. Why would you be afraid if you say the name Jesus to them and that's going to upset them? But if you don't say the name Jesus, you're going to upset me. Why would you upset me instead of them? You've been in that situation. Here's how it goes. You're with, a, you're with someone and they say something about a friend of yours. Okay? This has happened to you. And you were scared to say anything. So you go back to your friend and you said, hey, Susie said such and such. Okay? Sorry. All right. I forgot. We have a Susie now. I got to find a different name. Okay? Maybelline said... Is there a Maybelline in here? Okay. <laughs> said such and such. And then that person says, well, what did you tell them? I want you to, did you stand up for me? Did you tell them that wasn't true? And then when the person goes like, no, I, I didn't know what to say. Oh, I expect you in that situation to defend me. You're my friend, Right? We've all been in that scenario in one of those positions, right? That's what God is saying. You're in a situation. I made you an appointment. And we don't run to God and say, that situation. And he, he's going to go, did you tell them? Did you tell them, Jesus? God, I'm scared. And you go, what? No, no, no. Be afraid. Why would you be afraid of them? He says, be afraid of me. And finally, he says, I will rescue you. Look at verse 19. This is good news and bad news. Bad news first. They will fight against you. There will be people. They don't want to hear about Jesus. And they'll avoid you. They don't want to talk about Jesus anymore. Jesus means lordship. means forgiveness. It means sin. It means, you know. They will fight against you. But, good news. They will not overcome you. For I am with you, and I will rescue you. I will rescue you. Don't worry. Say the name Jesus. So here's the challenge right now. We're about to sing a hymn. Now, the challenge, first of all, I'm going to tell you, you're going to have an appointment this week. Will you look for it? Will you be ready for it? And will you speak his name? So we're going to sing a song. It's called Come As You Are. First, I'm going to ask the musicians to come as you are, okay? Come on. Right, come as you are. When you hear this song, and we've sung it before, when we sing this song, I usually put myself in the position of being sung to. Jim, come as you are. Come. You're broken. You need me. I want you to picture it differently. Will you picture this song as you're the one, and you're looking at someone else, and you're telling them, I know you're broken, but you can come to Jesus. I know you're hurting, but you can come to Jesus. You can come just as you are. And I'm going to tell you, this week you're going to look at somebody, and they're going to be talking to you, and you're going to say, I sang a song this Sunday, this past Sunday I sang a song, and this is what it said, and it was for you. It was for you. 
Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our prayer that it's been helpful in this part of your life journey. We invite you to join us at Kusada Sunday mornings for worship. Visit our website at kusadabaptist.org for directions and more information about our church.